mate, chill beans, mate. You know what I mean? Like, what what made you come up with that concept? The concept of plug and rehab. Yeah. Um, it was a concept uh, created by a friend of mine who was an exercise rehabilitation instructor. He's been at an elite level uh, of athletic ability. So he's a Guinness World Record holder. And then he turned, joined the Royal Army Physical Training Corps, myself. He went down the exercise rehabilitation route where he then led a team of experts on the lower limbs at Headley Court, where all injured soldiers go. Mm. It was quite prevalent in the news during the Afghan era. And we saw a gap and there was a huge solution that we could solve by utilizing the, the the concept and the brain that these boys have got we added in the doctors and so something from my background was that i was coaching people and ultimately i coached tactical athletes from all around the world and what i can't do is i can't have a say on their whole life so they still have a military side of life so i split development up four ways physiological psychological tactical and technical same detail what we do with the ufc athletes their tactical and technical stuff is what they do on the mats for soldiers the tactical and technical stuff is their soldier ability. Quite often people get injured during those stages that I can't really do anything about. So what was happening is someone would then leave my program from a business point of view, it's really poor. And ultimately it comes at a deficit to me and I've got no say in it. So what I then did is I brought Gary on board to come in and basically look after those people. First and foremost, to stop it from ever happening. But if it was in the occurrence, it did. They stay in the plan and Gary looks after them. Um, Ash looks after them. The team of Plug and Rehab basically plug in. They become part of my coaching staff, which is a great selling point. And what they then do is they keep them on board, which is it was a fantastic uh, modality to add to my coaching platform. And it's just been an incredible tool. I loved it that much. I then bought into the company um, and basically helped them because what they wasn't doing was marketing. There's an incredibly powerful tool, yeah. but no one knew it. And I was like, mate, this needs to go. And then all of a sudden we passed it on to... And every single person they've ever got on a call with has taken them on. Wow. Because the knowledge is just ridiculous. It's Even just, just to have them in your pocket in there on a call, on text every day is the most powerful thing. I consider it like, uh, I mentioned it to them, I considered it as long as like an insurance policy. It's it's there for me. And nothing, since we've had them on, you know, everything has just gone so smoothly because the prevention piece is incredible. Yeah. It's crazy, right? We'll insure cars. Ensure your telly, your laptop, and that, but you don't ensure your body. Yeah, and the drama um, that I can see other coaches is that people are moving online a lot sooner than what they used to do because credentials and certificates and qualifications are becoming more easily accessible mm -hmm. at the same speed that people's need to develop is becoming quicker. And all of a sudden, you've got this hybrid approach of development that is you've got someone with a lack of education and competence in the gym setting teaching someone that wants a quick fix yesterday and it's always going to end up in a disaster so if you have an expert to come on board and just go mate slow your roll don't do that because they're going to break why don't we try and do this first um and you know just to have someone in your pocket like that is incredibly powerful and that's for me as well like i, I don't know how much years of education and competence and experience i've got in physical development and even i i want them i need them so it's um I'd like to think there's a lot of people out there that could utilize the benefits of them. Yeah, dude. It also recycles athletes within your own business, right? It keeps them part of the community, right? And they're going to buy exactly. into you more because you're like, hold on a minute. Like I can help you in all these ways under the sun, but that one way 
this folk here is going to help you a little bit more. But guess what? He's now part of the team. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to, you know, distrust in our in our business, in our community that we got going. Bingo. We're all on the same page now. We're all on the same team. We're all fighting the same fight. Right? Yeah. I think that's yeah, exactly. um from a community standpoint, mate, and that buy-in, I think that's real critical. Yeah, 100%. It's been, it's been a great asset to me. Um, you know, it's, it's helped me immensely. And now all I want to do is pass those boys on to everyone else because, you know, it's what it's done to my community, as you just mentioned. It's yeah. very, very powerful. Yeah. So why, why do you do what you do, mate? Like, you do a lot of different stuff, a lot of fascinating stuff. And my, my favourite question is why? Yeah, I mean, that's the opening chapter to my book as well, is why. And um, if it's, it's the reason for everything. It starts with psychology in my world. And listen, my why is has just been, has, has been drawn through mishaps and misfortune my whole life. I've been pushed into places and spaces that I didn't want to and ended up being there. But every, at every single step of the way, I wanted to be the best. And it didn't matter what it was. I just wanted to go and do better than what I used to be able to do. And I joined the army, um, ended up going through the ranks, going through the system, as in the parachute regiment, special forces support group, Royal Army Physical Training Corps. And at every single stage, I was there due to someone else's problem. I, I just ended up being put there. And ultimately, during that period, I started coaching. I went down the PTI route, got myself on a degree of coaching and just genuinely fell in love with the process. I fell in love with understanding people's bodies and how to manipulate it. And that became my why straight away. I stopped thinking about my athletic ability and started thinking about what I could do for others. Although I keep myself still ticking over, I'm still probably better than most people from an athletic point of view. But it ain't about me anymore. And my why is solely on ensuring that I put people in places that they never believed it was possible. And that's what I feel is the most powerful thing. And that is my why at the end of the day is... I love helping people. I love mm. nothing more than setting the record straight and breaking down boundaries and, and, and going pushing people further than ever before. And it, I just fell in love with it ultimately. And it's very hard to beat someone when they love the process and they love what they do. And that's the way I think of it all the time. If you don't love what you do, then move on. It's the man who loves walking instead of the uh, the man who wants to be at the destination, right? Exactly. Always going to exactly. walk further, mate. And I, I have to yeah. tell you, like, Seeing people that click that pivot moment, right? They they walk in the gym or slunched over. You know, confidence is is in the floor. Let's be honest. Yeah. And the next I, thing you know, they, so we, they go on, lad. So we have a testing facility here. We've got the first tactical athlete performance center in the country where we test elite athletes. Um, we do all sorts of lactate testing, um, velocity based testing pretty much every test you can possibly do in order to individualize training. It's incredible. We get some of the most powerful, we get the hardest people in the world, both with wet and without weapons come through these doors. Mm. We, however, we had a testing on Friday with one of my athletes that I normally work with the elite, but I took this guy on who genuinely couldn't sit down in the toilet. And it's not someone we normally work with at that level. I do work with absolutely everyone. All they have to do is have a strong why, as you just mentioned. But I started working with this lad and he came in for testing. So six months later through an incredible training transition that he's had into from performance based aesthetically, I don't care what people look like. It's always performance related. Yeah. His numbers are flying. He came in testing and he was basically just saying, I was nearly crying on the gym floor, explaining to me that, you know, he couldn't sit down the toilet. He had to consider his route into work and stuff. And he, he genuinely was struggling with his knees and hips and ankles. 
I was thinking, shit, you know, I've been working with these people, these elite athletes who are looking for half percent gains and we're trying everything to go and gain. And this guy had my heart, mate. I was like, oh, this is the boy it really is. You know, that's mm. how incredible this. He's gone from absolutely nothing on the bones of his eye in the bare minimum from a physical competency point of view. And he was like, I can't believe I'm in here and testing with where all the elite athletes are. And he was so excited about the process. And I was like, this is what it's all about. And it was so good. It was so powerful. And I thought, that's exactly what we need. This is who I want to be working with now a lot more. Yeah, dude. Off one fucking million percent. Like you see that little light switch in their eyes, mate. You know, I mean, this is the reason why this thing started. This this whole thing that we're talking through now, this podcast thing, mate. If somebody gave themselves a last chance, you know, they they confided in me that they were in their garage with a noose around their neck. Having done one class, one fitness thing, you know, didn't turn up for four weeks, came back, said, how can I talk to you? I was like, no problem, mate. We can we can talk as much as you want. Sorry, I've not been in the last four weeks. What are you talking about? Like, it's all good. You don't have to apologise to me. I'm not your man. So, oh, no, I've not been in a good spot. Yada, yada, opens up. You know, next thing you know, thriving. Changed career. Happiest they've ever been. Changed bloody positions. Life is now ticking off, right? And I say, we coach life through the medium of fitness. You know, we prove to them and we develop their physical competency, right? To then show themselves their mental capability. And it's everyday people. It's not just we look at these people and idealise the Olympians, Kipchoge, Maybe people like yourself in the military, either still going ex-military, doesn't matter. We idealize people, right? And we're like these godlike structures. It's like they're fucking yeah. human, you know, and so are you. And those little steps are what make you there, you know. And it's yeah, it really is a privilege to work in the scene, mate, and see that that pivot, that switch, that little light bulb moment in people's eyes, man. And and that story's that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was good, mate. It, it really changed my perspective on things. And no, I love working with people who, one of the classic ones is putting females into places that previously over the past few years hasn't been, has never been done, doing things like that. So breaking down barriers and, and almost like the stereotypes of the world from a fitness point of view is, is something that we love to do here. Um, most of our demographic are, already extremely fit people but want to go to the next level of development and whether that's people going on uk special forces selection or trying to break the top 10 of the ufc or i don't know want to want to compete at the next olympics they're the type of people so they're already at a decent level because they won't be they won't go through the doors that but you know there's a there's a one and two percent left and right who come through and just say listen i've got nothing and i want something and i, I want to take them from nothing to something great and then ultimately something greater and they're the ones really that stick with you. I think they're the powerful ones that I, I really appreciate working with. Why do you think people obey to those barriers? And what's the difference in the people that don't? Uh, probably social norms, isn't it? It's probably it's probably just the way... I, 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 there's, there's a saying, isn't it, that you're, on, you, you're pretty much the same as the group of people you surround yourself with. And yeah. That's probably plays a huge part in it. The social norm of the 21st century is probably a huge role in that. I think people have changed. The demographic, of, the whole demographic of the world has changed, hasn't it? I genuinely think that people are getting weaker. Um, and I think because we, I don't know, do we support weakness now? Do we we accept second place is okay? And, and I'm not okay with that. I, I still don't believe in that. I, I still genuinely believe that 
winners are winners. And if you are, then find a way to win. And I, and I, I, and that's quite ruthless to say. And I also, I often think that people, if I say that out loud, people these days will be like, whoa, you can't say that. Everyone wins. Mm. Everyone's lovely. The world's lovely. So I think, I think it's a, it's a generational change maybe. And I just think that, I think that's just the way it is these days. But what that does do, it leaves a gap. There's a space there for someone to go. And if you just pl- apply a little bit of effort with some accurate prescription, you'll fill that void and you'll be better than 99% of the population. Go and win. Go and find a way to win. Yeah, for sure, man. There's definitely a lot of power to be said in just some tenacity, mate. Just got to keep on fucking going, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah, keep, exactly. on, and, keep on and digging holes, those people man. I just said before is, you know, the one, two percent who come through the door have got nothing. And I still have the same mindset. Listen, I'm going to push you. Do not come to me if you think it's going to be easy because I'm just... The first question I ask, I never ask whenever I do the coaching screening calls, exactly the same process as this. I stand mm-hmm. up at my desk and I deliver a little bit of presentation about who we are and what we do. And then I, ultimately, I want to know exactly who this person is and what they want to achieve and why they want to do it. Mm-hmm. If that's powerful enough, not one question is about physical capacity. Not one. I don't care who you are from a physical standpoint. All I care is what you're willing to do to go and achieve your aim that you set. And if you're going to be as ruthless in executing that as me, then we'll get on just fine. And most people don't need me in their life. I'm too much for them. But if you are ruthless and you want to go and win, I don't care where stage you're at now, but something's tricked, something's triggered your mindset and you've gone, right, I ain't happy with that anymore. I want to go. I want to go further. I want to be better than who I used to be. Perpetual growth is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Then I'm in and I'm fully in to go and see how great we can be. But it has to still have that, that aggression, that little bit of intensity to say, here's who I am. And here's what I'm going to do about it. I need your help. And then I might. But let's go. I'm in. Let's do it. Where do you think that comes from for you personally? Probably, again, the people I've surrounded myself with. So I started, uh, I joined the parachute regiment at 17. And I've gone, as I mentioned before, gone through all my military career working with, you know, elite soldiers all the way through. So everyone I've ever surrounded myself has been elite. I then went yeah. and joined the PT Corps with the elite PTIs within the British Army. So I've always surrounded myself and I've always wanted to be greater. And then if I can if I can impart that onto someone else, then then we'll then we'll do just okay. But I think it's just I won't say it's an addiction to winning, but I'm very, very passionate about being successful. Yeah. All I want to do in life is win. Um and I'll do absolutely anything to go and win. In anything and and I think that's where that's where I don't know where that's been born from. I don't know how that's how that's come about. Because don't get me wrong, I've not always been a winner. I struggled like hell when I joined the parachute regiment at seventeen. I've spoken about this many times on the podcast before. It's hard, you know. I, I've struggled every single day, but I was one of the nine out of sixty odd originals who survived um, because my why was so strong. And then ultimately, I've gone through things where I've been extremely ill during my time in the career, um, in and out of hospital. And then went on a course, struggled like hell. And at every single stage, I thought, I never want to feel like that again. So here's what I'm going to do about it. And that's when I've gone and done it. And then I've gone from, like a, like those people, gone from right at the bottom to right at the top. And and that's ultimately the way it's always been. You know, I think potentially I've felt what struggle is. I felt it, being there. I've been hanging out my ass during fitness and, you know, I've been struggling like hell during during sessions and stuff. So I know what pain feels like. But that's what the elite do. They chase that stress. 
You know, mm-hmm. people talk about my, my wife at the moment, uh, she's been trained and she's been, she's struggling and she's like, I'm really struggling to walk down the stairs and stuff. That's great. I'm like, that's what we want. That's what we do. You know, there's, I've got elite athletes out there who've been chasing that for months. They want to feel that stress. I'm struggling to put it on them. And like, that's, that's exactly what we do to grow. That's how you know you're going to grow. You only adapt from the stress that you can recover from. So if we recover well now, you're going to adapt. And general adaptation syndrome will suggest you'll never feel like that again. So you've done something really great today. And she's like, all right, all right, let's go again then. And as long as we can get that onto people that stress is good, it's really, really good. And I think hopefully that's where my passion for winning has come from because I felt that and I felt like I don't want to feel that again. Mm. I think I think intensity is something that people don't know what it is anymore. Like the average Joe that comes in and passes through my eyes and has to hear what I got to say and let's do some fitness, guys. I want you to fucking really push hard on this one. And they're still talking to you and be like, oh, coach, this one really hurts. The fuck are you talking about? Why are you talking to me if it's like 80, 90, 95% of your fucking max? You're not. It's that's not happening. You don't know what intensity is. Let's 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 push through it, right? Let's get to mm-hmm. that state of stress, that state of anxiety. Why? Because then you're developing ways to be able to overcome it in a relatively controlled environment, i.e. a gym, right? Exercise regime. We're not in the fucking middle of Baghdad, right? It's a gym. For Christ's sake, we're throwing dumbbells above your head. You're going to be all right. You know, we're learning how to deal with some sort of stress for when you go out into the real world. And then it smashes you in the face and you're like, oh, no, this is fine. It's water off a duck's back, mate. No problem. Yeah. And I think because we shy away from it, you know, stress that wouldn't we wouldn't have even batted an eyelid in the past now is overwhelming. Now it's too much. Now it's, oh, it's, I'm working too much, guys. It's like you work four days a week, mate. It's four days a week. And you probably only work five hours of those days. You know, it's like, well, when is, where is too much? Where is, no, no, no. Sometimes you got to fucking put the work in, man. Brick by brick, yeah, right? F- Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour. No. Yeah, I think effort is missing in the current mm. world. People just don't want to apply effort anymore. And the reason for that is because everything's too easily accessible. I'll just go and Google something now and I'll get it. I'll go and chat GPT and it'll make it for me. I'll hire someone who'll do the job for me for, 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 for less money. You know, it's everything's so easily accessible that you don't need to apply effort anymore. But as I mentioned earlier, that leaves a gap. And if anyone out there wants to apply a little bit of effort, put a little bit of aggression intensity into the life, you'll fill that void and you'll be better than 99% of the population. Fucking love you for saying that, mate. Aggression and intensity. You paired those two together. I think the word aggression has got a real bad rep. And don't get me wrong. Like, it can be fucking negative. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. You just start smashing things and fucking picking a fight where it's not, yeah, it's not needed. Yeah, okay, fine. We're not children anymore. But we need to be able to harness said energy right you've got it mate what are you going to do you're going to hide away from it and be the coward in your own self or you're going to use that fucking energy to be productive to be able to help somebody else right to be able to create something be the constructor rather than the destructor yeah 100 it's just metal uh, mentos and diet coke mate you know people just 
pour all the fucking coke out so they got a drop left in them. I was like, no, no, we're supposed to be these these things that are fired up to go to work. Let's go, just go help some motherfuckers. Let's go do something, yeah. right? Rather than be sedated. Fucking let me just pop these pills, this array, and sit down and be behind the computer screen. Christ almighty, man, do something with yourself. But how do we get around it? Let's go, coach. How do we get around it? Find a why. Open in line with your conversation. If you find something more powerful and strong enough in your life and psychological reasoning, you'll do anything to go and achieve it. So that's why the opening quest, the opening chapter in my book is find your why. The opening statement in a coaching call is find your why. Everything I ever do, I ask the question, why do you want to do it? And if it ain't powerful enough, then you'll fail because there'll be someone out there with a why much stronger who's willing to put more effort in, who's willing to get aggressive and intense in the training and they'll fucking overshadow you every single step of the way. If your why ain't strong enough, you get spat out and care how fit you are. Why is the most important? Why do you want to do it? And the moment you've got that, and if you haven't got that in something, then that's okay. But that isn't your thing. Find something that means something to you. And once you've got it, then it becomes powerful. So uh, one of the one of my whys now for training-wise, so although my whole uh, business is, is all about coaching and what I can do for athletes, I still have to maintain and uphold a value of fitness. Yeah. My why for that is because I've got two babies, I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, and I want to spend the rest of my life with them. And I don't want to die young. And I want to be able to chase the ball around the park. And I want to be able to do ballet on the Saturday with my little girl. I want to do absolutely anything they want to do. Gymnastics, whatever it is they get thrown at them. I want to be there for them every single step of the way. And I see it all the time, time and time again, at the beach on holiday the other week. Just parents just sat there watching the kids play. You know, just thinking, couldn't get up off the couch. At play centres, they sat there watching the kids play. You know, at football, they're just fucking stood there. They can't do anything about the sedentary lifestyles taking over. And I think, fucking put, get the kids, go start playing with them. You know, it's it's that's so unfair. It's like, you know, your kids are there and they're looking at you for help. And all they want, all they want to do is have some fun with the parents. And you can't do anything. And I'm just like, that, that's not okay. Whatever they want to do, I'll be ready. Anything. Let's go and do it. It's ready for anything. It's 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 a mantra we stand by. Um, and that's my why now is to ensure that I'm healthy and fit enough to do whatever my kids want to do growing up. So, and that's that's why I do it now. How, how do you train? Me personally? Yeah. So previously it was all in regard to football. So I played a decent level of football when I was in the army, uh, played for the army. So everything was built around that, 90 minutes of football. Now, ultimately, um, a little bit of everything. So I, I, I try. I used to do a lot of Olympic lifting as well. Um, yeah. I now... Uh, uh, Gary's come over to work in full time over at the Redham Performance Center who absolutely loves CrossFit so we, I get amongst that all the time do a little bit of everything mate I'm, I'm one of the people who I massively appreciate a challenge so if someone comes in and says I've got this to do ah oh, fuck it let's do it because I've built a capacity I've built a foundation of strength over my life where I can go and do absolutely anything and I know my body won't break and I'm just going to have fun with it I'm going overload and going to try something new and stress the system and that's what I do so when Gary, when one of my mates was uh, training to break the Guinness World Record, one of his events that he pulled up was like, I think it was like 20 times 400 or something, off his pace. He was like, mate, you in or not? R5 in the morning. Fuck it, it's gone. Why not? I see what happens. My you man. Know, hideous, but I'm in. So whatever it is, I'm in. 
I think he, uh, so someone's climbing Everest. Um, I think it's 10 times up and down Snowdon to, to climb the, the height of Everest next month. I'm in. See what happens. It's the worst thing that happens. The worst case. What's the worst thing that happens? And a load of people aren't are too scared to put their heads above the parapet to go and see that because they're too worried about what everyone else will say and what everyone else will do. But if you're turning up to apply yourself, you're better than them anyway. So who gives a fuck what happens? Go and see how go and see how great you can be. Go and see what your body's capable of. I ask questions like that of my athletes every day, so may as well do it to myself. Do you think they're scared of what other people are thinking, or do you think they're scared of themselves? Either the both. fear of success or fear of failure. Uh, both. So the fear of failure is prevalent across yeah. all walks of life. But I think more importantly in this day and age, people are more scared of what the other person thinks. Mm. Not of themselves, it's what everyone else, what the community thinks of them. Someone won't go and run that fire, that park run because there'll be other people there. I have been in that position before. Um, I played a decent level of football when I was younger. And I was also, I used to run the 100 metres when I was in school. And I can remember one day, uh, qualified, uh, I was in the final of uh, 100 metres. Every single school in the counties there. And I remember going out of the blocks and I pulled up about 60 metres into the race when I was winning. And ultimately stopped. And the reason why I did it is because I could see people in, in left and right. And I was more worried about them winning, taking over me, and everyone else in the crowd thinking, than coming second or third. I was more worried that I wouldn't win. And I was yeah. thinking, and only now I think back and I think, how fucking stupid is that? You know, I was more worried about what the crowd would think. And and I genuinely pulled up. And it's one of the, I've, I've never, ever forgot it. It's one of the worst things. The same happened with football. I almost signed for Everton when I was 16. And I'll never forget his name, Colin King. When the scout came over to me, I had like a five-game trial. I was like, if you if you score, with the, if you do something great in the first thing you do, i.e. you score or you create a good pass, you do a good assist, whatever you do, you'll be the best player on the pitch. If you do something wrong, you'll be the worst player on the pitch because you start becoming worried that you, you can't let go of what's just happened. And I flipped that forward and that those two events happened in about six months' time. So it's obviously happened prior because there must be history in it, but they're the two that sit with me, the 100 metre and the Everton stuff. Mm. And now I think when I now I go and do deliver talks around, uh, around the world, really, in regards to physical development and what how to train like a tactical athlete, et cetera. And I always have this thing before I go on stage, before I do anything in front of someone, like, how great can you be today? And I say that to myself in my head and think, I'm here for a reason. Fuck it. Let's go. How great can I be today? Who cares what people think? I'm going to go out there and deliver what I can. And that's the best of my ability. I've studied. I've worked hard. I put all the hours into the gym. I'm here for a reason. Let's go. And and that always reverts back to those times where I was more worried about what everyone else would think, which came at a detriment to my ability to go and compete. Yeah. Changed that over the next few years. I joined the Reg. And did the things I went and did. And... You know, and, and I think that came with experience and, and, and results spark confidence, always does. And now I flip it 360 and I always say to myself, how great can I be? I don't care what people think. Mm. This is who I am. See what I can do. Mm. Experience, mate, greatest teacher. Yeah, but uh, but original question that I genuinely believe it's more about what people think more so than what how. 
they, they care about others rather than themselves. Where if we can do things personally, you can be very powerful. Oh, yeah. Like, learning to not give a fuck about somebody else's opinion is a very strong yeah. mindset to uphold. Yeah, until... And, and one of the ways that I do that with athletes is I do, uh, I retest all the time. So every four to five weeks. Now we know from a scientific, from a sports science background, adaptations take place around about 12 weeks for most things, good adaptations. But I retest someone within four to five weeks of them starting. And the reason I do that is known as perpetual growth. I mentioned that term earlier. Mm. And 100% of the time in four to five weeks, every single athlete I've ever worked with has got better results in four to five weeks, 100% of the time. And the reason behind it is more so is the psychological aspect of it. Perpetual growth is about you, be the old version of you. We create a competitive nature, so we create athletic uh, potential and ability. And I get someone to compete against the old version of themselves only four weeks ago. You know, we've, yeah. we've done our targeted, accurate description. They've applied effort because I know they will because I've screened them before. But in four to five weeks, they grow outrageously. And the reason behind it, as I say, is before you go and compete against everyone else, you've got to compete against the old version of you. You v. you. Now go and fucking destroy it. Find a way to win. When you start applying aggression, you start applying that intensity, and you say, listen, I'm going to have your back. Over these four weeks, we're going to grow together. We're going to do it as a team. Everything we do from here on out as a team, and I'm going to treat you like an athlete. And I want you to live, breathe, sleep, hydrate like an athlete for four to five weeks. Let's go. See how great you can be. Every single person grows. They probably grow in. If I was to retest them in that moment, post that conversation, I reckon they'd retest with better numbers. But four to five weeks of targeted aggressive, aggressive training, thinking like an athlete. They've got coaches in the corners. They've got nutritionists in the corners. Numbers go through the roof. So imagine what we can do. In, and that's the first quick thing I say. Imagine what we're going to do in 12 weeks. Yeah. As I say, results spark confidence. Already these people are going, holy shit. If I keep this up, <laughs> No, I'm unstoppable. I'm going to be unstoppable. And we're creating this absolute monstrous mindset where they're just like, fucking watch this. Mm. You think that's good? Watch this. And that's what I do. And it's, it's and that's how, uh, you know, results spark confidence, perpetual growth. You be the old version of you. Imagine what you do in four weeks. Go train hard for four weeks and see how great you can be. Powerful. Change a lot, man. Mm. You can change a lot. Brother, I got three questions. Hit me. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Um, you're not special. Mm. You are not special. And I mentioned this not so long ago. I think I mentioned, I don't know if I did a post or did, uh, I can't remember what it was on, but I mentioned it in regards to, there's there's arduous events that happen in the British military that, we, that I put people forward all the time. And one of the ways I explain to people is I say, listen, this is going to fucking hurt. I don't care how thick you are, it's going to hurt. From the moment you pick the log, was the, I think this was the subject. The moment you pick that log up, everything goes out the window. But listen to me very clearly, you are not special. Every single person is hurting. Yeah. Find a way to win. Every person is hurting. So you've got to keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. Find a way to win. Get aggressive with the moment. You are not special. And I think that's stuck. I don't know who told me that, but it's always been in my mind that whenever I've been hurting, I've been thinking, I ain't special. The kid's got to go from A to B. Let's go. Mm -hmm. I like I like that. What's the worst piece of life advice you ever received? The worst? Um, 
I don't know. It's the worst piece of a life. It's probably. Uh, <laughs> pays to be a winner. <laughs> so you used to always say it in the military, it pays to be a winner. I have to, I've said it a million times to people, it pays to be a winner. It doesn't. You just go again anyway. Uh, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> we say in the military all the time. I'm, I've, I've, as, uh, here we go, open and honest. I've been lying to you for years, boys. I've, I've told you it pays to be a winner. It doesn't. I'm sending you again anyway. So yeah. that, that's the worst fight. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't pay. It's worse, well, actually. Yeah. It's expected of you now. Last question. What are the three words you tell your younger self? Um. Find a way. Find a way. There's always a way. In everything I've ever done, find a way. And I like to think there's 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 a hundred ways that we can go and skin a cat. There's a hundred ways to build muscle. But there's a way. Find it and be the first to find it. So find a way is, is probably the key advice. And it's something, to be fair, I tell myself that I've been doing that for, since since as far as I can remember. And I've always, I've always liked to think I'd be the first to find the way to be successful in any way. And so that's the, I would always, I'd, I'd part that onto anyone, any coach I ever coach from here on out, from a mentor, it's find a way. There's always a way. I like that a lot, man. Brother, thank you so much for your time. It's been an honour and a privilege. Absolute pleasure, mate. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on. Mate, we're going to have to get a coffee, get a workout in whenever I get back over to the uh, the proper side of the world, you know? Mate, we've just had some New Zealand potential Olympians come over. So, mate, the doors are always open. Get you it's in, on, get some mate. testing. It's fucking on, mate. Yeah, mate, I'll have to let you know. I got, um, uh, it's still in the logistic phase, two years out, slow build for, um, for some training towards it. But I got a, an event coming up that I'll, uh, probably going to need some testing doing, mate. So I'll be knocking on set. Yeah, 100%, though. mate. Let me know. Let me know when you're back in, um, over this side of the world, mate. And we'll get, we'll get a coffee and get some training. My man, we'll do it. All right, you have a good day. Uh, look after the family and we'll speak soon. Cheers, Al. Thanks for your time. My man. See you later, guys. Bye, everybody. See you, mate.